Welcome to Promised Land at Home Podcast, where we bring people into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. Wherever life has you, we pray that today's sermon both challenges and encourages you. We're so glad you're listening today and hope you enjoy the message. I see we're a body fitly joined together. When somebody has a need, someone's right there to fill that need. Uh, we're in the middle of a series right now called This Is Us. We're talking about our family values. And um, I'm just thankful to be a part of such a healthy, strong church that God is blessing. And um, last week I was out of town, and I couldn't wait to get back. And it's just, it's an honor to be a part of something so special and unique. So I'm glad that you're here. If you're brand new to Promised Land, we welcome you. We're glad that you're here, and we want, to, you, we want you to feel at home. If I haven't met you yet, my name's Robin. I'm the senior pastor here, along with my wife, who's... Um, here with me today, Erica, and our three kids, we're, we're thankful to have you. Online folks, if you have questions, please chat, uh, ask questions, we'll pray for you, help you out in any way possible. Um, the first week of this series, I talked about the most important thing that makes Promise Land unique in 2023. This is sad that it kind of makes us unique. There's some churches that aren't this way anymore, but we are Bible-based. We believe in the Bible. We believe it's true. We believe it's trustworthy. Uh, we stand on the Bible. It's our foundation. Uh, we're also Spirit-led. We, we believe in the gifts of the Spirit, that God is leading and guiding us to the power of the Holy Spirit. Second week, I talked about us being family. That's just super important. Last week, Pastor Chris talked about us following the Great Commission and making disciples. That's a huge part of our church. It's growing in our faith. Today I want to talk to you about two parts of Promise Land that are really my favorite. And uh, I think this is, these two really make us unique. And that is this, that Promise Land is real. Somebody say real. real. And we are diverse. We're diverse. We're real, diverse. We're really diverse also. Uh, I want to talk to you first about this diversity. Uh, if, I mean, just look around you. There's so many different types of people, ages, um, backgrounds, we're brown, we're white, we're black, we're Asian, we're young, we got some with book smarts, we got some with a PhD in the school of hard knocks, come on, we got some living paycheck to paycheck, we got some on a fixed income, we got others with a large nest egg, we have widows, single parents, we got homeschoolers, we got athletes, we got quilters, we got runners, we got people running from the law, promised land. <laughs> I just talked to the officers out here. They promised they're not going to arrest anybody at promised land if you come into church for the right reasons. Come on. We love our diversity. I love that we're different. I love that we look different, have different backgrounds. We've, let me just say it like this. We value our diversity beyond it's political correctness. There's something about the diversity of promise land that really is special and important. Some people say that God is colorblind. I don't believe that. I believe God loves every color and he loves every person, that each of us have a uniqueness that matters. And that your background, even though it may have some broken parts in it and parts you're embarrassed about, it matters. It makes you who you are, and it's, it has brought some texture to your life, and we want that texture. We want that uniqueness. God makes us all special. We want to embrace that, 
And I believe that promised land is a snapshot of what heaven's going to look like. There's a scripture in Revelation 7, verse 9 and 10. I love this. This is when we all get to heaven. This is the end of the world as we know it, and the new heaven, the new earth. Revelation 7, 9 says, I saw a vast crowd too great to count. So first of all, if you don't like big crowds, you're going to struggle, but I promise you'll find a good parking spot. Everybody will have a front row parking spot in heaven. Come on. Too great to count, listen to this, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb, they were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting with great roar, salvation comes from God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. I can't wait till that moment happens. I wish it would happen today, ah, so we could go to heaven and be there with him forever and ever and ever. And some of y'all just needed to see that verse right there, that text right there, that what you're living in right now is not the end. You're not trapped in something forever and ever and ever, but God has a great redemption plan for you. He's got a great moment for you, and it's going to involve every tribe and every tongue and every person uh, group and people group that's around. So if you struggle with diversity at promised land, you're going to struggle in eternity in heaven. So just let this be your practice. Let promise them be your practice base of rubbing shoulders and rubbing elbows with people that are very, very different from you. Erica and I got married. We were part of the same home church growing up. And it was a church like this. It was a very large church in Austin. And uh, we loved it. Well, God called us to live in New Mexico for a while. So we took our, our stuff and we moved to New Mexico. And we, we went there and... We went from a church of about 2,000 to a church of 70. And the town of Taos, New Mexico is very eclectic. There's a lot of different people groups there. There's the Native Americans. They have a beautiful reservation there. and they Great people. There's the people from the Spanish culture that were settled there hundreds of years ago from Spain. You've got a group of hippies that are there just living off the land and living in school buses and all that kind of stuff. You've got um, artists. There's a big artist community there. Anyway, we started going to this church of 50, 75 people, and there was no one like us there. There are no Texans around anywhere. And um, even the Hispanic people were not Texan Hispanic people. They were New Mexico Hispanic people, just different. They called them breakfast burritos, not breakfast tacos. I mean, come on. What's wrong with y'all? So we felt led, though, to go to this church. We had traveled around on Saturday before we picked a church, and we saw several different churches we liked, and we traveled around that night. We looked at several and just didn't feel right. Then we went to this one called Mount Zion Tabernacle, and uh, we, we saw a school bus out front. looked nice, and we opened the door. It was open on a Saturday we went in, we could see them praying at the altar, and they were praying passionately and fervently, and I said, this is the place. This is where God wants us. So, man, it felt good. We went there that Sunday, and let me tell you something. A couple months in, we were like, oh, man, is this the right spot for us? This just does not feel like home at all, and uh, it was a struggle, and uh, the music was different. The people were obviously different culture types of people. Uh, no one our age was there. We were very young at the time, and that, you know, no one our age was there. And um, the pastor would preach for an hour, 
just the sermon was an hour. Y'all don't know how blessed you are here at Promise Land. Come on. Um, I don't preach that long. So anyway, even if it's bad, you don't, you don't get trapped. Uh, but I remember there was, it was about two or three months in, there was this shift where Erica and I literally had to make the decision, this is our church, this is our church family, and we're going all in. There's a little bit of theological differences. There's a little bit of different methods. I would do that different, that different, but I'm submitting under this pastor, and we're going to be part of this church. I joined the worship team and sang up on the front. I um, helped the pastor with odds and ends jobs and carpentry and stuff like that. We started going to a men's, or not a men's, but an early morning prayer, and uh, we'd get there early and pray with them and have coffee with them. And I just remember meeting and connecting with people that were so different. And I realized that I had prejudged them. And I think this is important that we all realize that we actually have biases and we prejudge people even more than we realize it. And we put them in categories, um, honestly, that are below us a lot of times because of the way they dress, the way they talk, uh, their background or whatever. And that is not promised land. That is not the body of Christ. At Promised Land, we're diverse and we love it. We want to be different. We want to be connected to one another. And we want to learn from one another. We want to we get connected. And, um, you know, I've heard that Sunday morning is one of the most segregated times in America. Because everybody goes off into their own place with their own people. And let me just say this. I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with you having friends and connecting with people that are like you. Right? I mean... If you like people that are, that are the same age, or the same background, or you know, um, work in the same industry, or live in the same neighborhood, that's great. There's nothing wrong with camaraderie and common ideas and all of that kind of stuff. In fact, this morning I went over to uh, what we have. We have a little room over here called the Dream Team Room. Our, our volunteers were over there getting snacks and coffee and stuff before they came to serve. And I went over, and there was a group of of guys that were all wearing cowboy shirts. And I was like, "Is this the cowboy section?" of the room yes this is the cowboy and I see so many cowboy shirts here God bless you it's been a good week okay <laughs> it's been it's been a good few days we're gonna hold on to hope uh it, it was a great night uh but so there's nothing wrong with connecting with people that are like you that's great doesn't make you racist or bigot or anything like that but when there is that next step of not letting other people in or being afraid to let other people in because of their difference, all of a sudden we've, sh- we've shifted. And so I love it. I love it that Promised Land is diverse, and this is not the most segregated place of San Marcos. This is the most integrated place of San Marcos. So I want to encourage you, those of you that are new to Promised Land, we've had people all over the map leave. Uh, people say we're too white, we're too, bra- we're too brown, uh, whatever, too loud, too many lights, whatever. People leave, We're, but, but that's fine. If you're new and you're trying to get acclimated to promised land, I want to encourage you to be an instigator, to be a, a uh, person that takes a first step, Inst- a good instigator, instigating a relationship with somebody. Take someone out to lunch today. You got a whole room full of people that uh, are different from you, find somebody you don't know and say, hey, let's go have coffee. Let's go have um, lunch. Be an inviter. I want to encourage you to join a small group. We have small groups that launch all over 
the uh, community last week. You can click on this, uh, scan this QR code right here, and uh, it will take you to our page. It shows you a way to uh, find a group, a women's group, a men's group, a prayer group. We, ha- we have them all over the region. We have them on different nights, different mornings. Uh, Texas State students, young adults, uh, young, married. We have them for teenagers. They're, they're meeting right now. As a matter of fact, next door. So we have Financial Peace University coming up, which is an incredible thing through Dave Ramsey's organization that teach you financial stability and how to pay off debt and save money. And so, I mean, there's just all different types of groups that you can join to connect with other people that are not like you. And uh, I want to encourage you to do it. You have to take the step, though. You have to scan the code. You have to ask. You have to... uh, Pray about it fast a little bit, you know, five or ten minutes, and then go ahead and make the decision that, that you're going to do it. Uh, preaching to you right now is so interesting because you're just all blurry. I just see a sea of diversity out here, just a sea of diversity. Okay, number two, we are real. This is the one characteristic that I've heard over the last 20 years the most, and honestly, it's my favorite. Uh, we love Promised Land because you guys are real. And that is us. That's who we are. We're real. We're transparent. And um, we know that God is real. We know that he's powerful. We know that he's going to show up and make a way where there seems to be no way. But we know also that there's going to be a, a time, sometimes, when there's a gap between the time you pray and the time it is fulfilled. And we just want you to know in that gap, it's okay to be yourself. And there's a statement out there that says you fake it until you make it. We don't believe that at Promised Land. We believe it's okay to be a mess before you make it, okay? We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us have made mistakes. And if we were to come in here and act like we haven't, we would be so completely ignorant so we believe in the sovereignty of God we believe that he's in control we believe he's going to make a way but we don't feel like you have to put on a mask when you come to church so many people put on that mask and and they pretend like everything's okay and um some you know recently Eric and I have gone through a difficult time and people have asked how you doing and I sit there and I think, do you really want to know? <laughs> and depending on who they are, we share different things. And uh, it is so comforting to know that there's people in my life that I can be real with. And I can share my needs with. And I want to say, it's good to see you, Mike and Cindy. We've missed you for months. They all leave, they leave and go to the Northeast during the summer. They abandon us while we're down here <laughs> baking. <laughs> and it's good to have you. They have been there for us in a very, very difficult time. Matthew 12 and 13 says, Jesus went over to their synagogue where he noticed a man with a deformed hand. I just want you to think about that for a second. 
Jesus noticed that there was a man with a deformed hand. That means the hand was out in the open. The man could have been sitting there hiding his deformity, but instead it was exposed. And he said to the man, hold out your hand. So don't just have it there close to you, but extend it to me out in front of everyone so everyone can see. So the man held out his hand and it was restored just like the other one. Then the Pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. Now that last sentence is not really part of what we're talking about today, but I included it because I want you to see just how dumb humans are. Can you put that scripture up on, the, on there? That is Matthew 12, 13 through 14. Matthew, Jesus said, I want you to hold out your hand. So he held out his hand and it was restored just like the other one. Y'all just got to trust me and believe that's what the scripture says. <laughs> what, if he had, what, if, what if he had been so self-conscious and embarrassed about his issue that he just hit it all the time? Jesus would not have been able to do something supernatural because he had not been transparent and real and exposed the need that he had. I just want you to know that promised land is a safe place for you to expose and let people see issues in your life that you're not proud of, that you're embarrassed about, that, that you're afraid. What do people know this about me? What if people know this about my family? What if people know this about my bank account or whatever? I'm afraid to let people know. If you're afraid, then Jesus does not have the context and the space to do something supernatural in that part of your life. And I just want to encourage you. You've been in other places where you've had to guard yourself because it's been very hard or very harmful or very hurtful. This is a place where you can extend that deformity and we're not going to judge you. We're going to love on you. We're going to help you. We're going to pray for you. Romans 12, 15 says, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Sometimes you're going through a situation and we're not going to have the answer, but we're going to laugh with you and we're going to cry with you. We're going to walk with you until you do find the healing that God has for you in your life. You need other people in your life bearing that burden for you. We're going to weep with each other. We're going to live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. All right? We got a few people that think they know it all. The King James Version says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. The Bible's just like, settle down. You, you're not that important. You need to calm down. You have sin in your life too. You have issues in your life too. Don't act like you don't. Come on. So that's what we're going to follow. Galatians 6, 1, 2. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall in that same temptation yourself. yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. 
If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Man, the Bible is so direct, isn't it? This really goes back to the concept of family that I talked about a couple of weeks ago. We are family. We're here for one another. When somebody messes up, we help that person. We lift that person up gently and humbly. I want you to start thinking about this as church being more of a hospital, okay? Where somebody comes in to the ER for triage, the nurse there is going to make an assessment of what's going on, and there's some people that like blood shooting out, they need surgery immediately, they're unconscious or whatever, there's something massively, a big issue going on in their life, and they need immediate attention, there's other people that have a headache, you know, and they just... We're nervous about it, so they came in, and so they have to make an assessment. There's people all over the spectrum that are coming in to get help. That's what's happening here at the church, and those of you that have been around for a while, we're the, we're the triage nurses. We're helping people. We're, we're gently and humbly helping those people find the healing and the salvation from Jesus that's going to be the answer for their life, right? And so we have people all over the map. We have people that have been here for a while that are going through stuff. You need to go back to triage, right? You need to go back to that time where you're going you're gonna to get some help for yourself. And that's okay, okay? Because life happens and it gets difficult and easy and difficult again. And um, we're here for you. But the only way we'll know that is if you're in a relationship and you share it. Coming on a Sunday, sitting here, not engaging with anybody, and leaving is a great first step. It is a good step. I'm glad that you're taking that step. But you're really only going to find the healing in your life when you take that step of relationship with other people and you are open. There's a time in every small group. The small groups are in infancy right now because they, a lot of them just started. But there's a shift that happens in these small group discussions when one person has the courage to step out and say, I need help. And the more that they're transparent, the more everybody goes, I'm not the only one. They're messed up just like I messed up. You know, there's something about that that just makes the whole group begin to gel together. This really becomes uh, an analysis. In a business world, they call it a cost-benefit analysis or a risk versus reward. And you're sitting here today and you're wondering, is it worth it? Is it worth it to actually say my weakness in front of people? That is going to cost me, but is being real worth it? Is being real going to cost me too much? Because it does cost you. The cost is your pride and your reputation of having it all together. You've been working hard to make people like you and building up your image and making sure you fit in. But to confess something to someone else means, uh-oh, i got to remove all those things and put them on the side over here and expose a problem that I'm having. And so the cost is the reputation and the pride. The risk is that you'll actually lose friends or you'll lose relationships that you've invested. What if they don't like me anymore? What if they don't invite me back anymore? What if I don't fit into their 
circle anymore. If I say this, if I confess this, if I admit this, what if the church finally says, this person is really bad, too bad to be in the church? Uh, the reward and the benefit is healing. So the cost could be your pride and the risk is losing your friendships, but the reward is healing from brokenness that goes all the way to the core of your being. There's a difference between being forgiven and being healed. Jesus says, uh, 1 John talks about the power of Jesus. John says, if we confess our sins to Jesus, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all of our wickedness. So when we confess to Jesus, he's the only one that has the ability to heal us. That's a direct relationship between us and Jesus. He forgives us. We're redeemed and we're cleansed from wickedness. But look what James 5 and 16 says. It says, confess your sins to each other so that you may be healed. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so they may be healed. Some of you have not taken that step into healing because you've only prayed to Jesus. The next step to find your true healing is to confess your sin to another human being and be transparent with that human being so that you may be healed and not be in that same pattern of issue over and over and over. Some of you are stuck in a cycle of sin and addiction because you have not told anyone about it and you're in privacy in a dark place spiritually because you're afraid of letting anyone know about it. The only way to break free and be healed from that cycle of addiction is to bring accountability into your life. That's why even secular groups like AA and other things like that actually have a, have a power because they, they have this component of each other. And so I want to encourage you when, you're, when you have the forgiveness of Jesus and the healing from other people, your life is going to be transformed in a massive way. But it will not happen if you don't take the risk of losing that relationship and, the, and weigh the cost. Does this, is this going to cost me too much? At some point you make that decision and I just want to encourage you that Promise Land is a safe place to, to pay the cost and to take the risk. Would you stand with me right now? I want to read one more passage, and then I want us to pray together. This is 2 Corinthians 1 and 6. It says, For even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For even when we're weighed down with troubles, think about that. When we're weighed down with troubles, it's for your comfort and salvation. Man, that, that sentence right there, you could preach and live on for a long time. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. See the connectivity in this? The, the community, the family? We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, we will also share in the comfort God gives. There's this wonderful symbiotic relationship between God and us and others. And you have to have all three in that equation. 
So I want to encourage you. Would you just bow your heads right now and close your eyes? I want you to do a little self-reflection right now. Is there anything in your life that, that is biased or judgmental towards other people? Is there, is there any prejudice in your life that's kept you from connecting with other people groups? Would you just, would you just make a declaration right now? God, I want to be connected to diverse people. I, Lord, I, I need people in my life that are different than me. I need people in my life that are going to push me. They're going to teach me something else. God, I need, I need, I need people uh, in my life that make me a little nervous, that make me uncomfortable. Lord, that's going to help me. Would you, just, would you just confess that to God right now and speak that to God right now? Lord, forgive me, please, for being prejudiced, for being judgmental, for putting people in a box, for, for not even giving them a chance in my life. Lord, please forgive me. Please forgive me for that. But God, I pray right now that we all just open up our life like a book. And, and that we are real with, with some key people in our life. We're not going to plaster all of our news all over social media and blab our stuff. But Lord, there's a few people that we can trust right here in the body of Christ. Some people in the, in the family of God that we can confess to, that we can share a heartbeat with. God, that, that um, I'm praying in the name of Jesus that there's people all over this congregation. From every age group, every demographic, God, that's, gonna, that's going to expose that disability and, and stretch it forth God for you to be able to do something that only you can do God I pray God for courage and and a an ability to step out in faith and take the risk God that it may not work out but Lord I know for a fact you're going to meet them right there at the point of that exposure Lord you're going to meet them right there in Jesus name in Jesus' name, we pray for the Holy Spirit to flow and move throughout this congregation this week. And everybody that's watching online right now, be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. Holy Spirit, go before us in every conversation, in every business meeting, in every test that we take or homework assignment or activity we participate in, neighborhood, school, work. In every situation, we just pray, Holy Spirit, rain on us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget we want to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Promised Land San Marcos, on Instagram at PSM Church, or on our website, psmchurch.com. Thanks again for listening to the Promised Land at Home podcast.